What's up kids, it's David James Young here for another episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. I hope you are doing well. I am uh, pretty dusty right now. I haven't had much sleep. I saw Modern Baseball last night and they were really, really good. Uh, it was a pretty wild crowd and a massive sold out show for them. So very, very happy for that. Uh, before that, uh, I was in Canberra early this week on a pretty much in and out mission to see uh, former guests of the show and good mates of mine, the Bennies, uh, getting to see them play at Transit Bar in Canberra with High Time and Off With Their Heads. It was a very entertaining evening. Something pretty strange did happen, though, uh, while I was there, and I just want to quickly share this with you. So I was out the front chatting to uh, some friends of the show, Mr. Brock Devlin. Uh, from the Less Talk More Rock podcast, and also Mr. Brad Fulton uh, from Outright, Guitar Tech to the Stars. Shout out to both of those guys if they're listening. And uh, this this guy, uh, kind of a, this this very attractive young man, kind of a mix between uh, Fabio and Big Cass from NXT, if you know who that is, uh, he came up and was just like, do you do all my friends are in bar bands? And I was so taken aback, mainly because that's like, it's, it's, it's an audio medium, right? Like, you can't see me while I'm saying this, and uh, I'm, I can't, I can't be pretty lucky for that fact. Uh, but anyway, like, the fact that he knew who I was, maybe I was talking really loudly, I don't know how he figured it out, but, uh, yeah, indeed, he found me, and, uh, got to tell me that he'd been listening and was really enjoying it, and I appreciate that so, so much, like, uh, to be so, so far away from home and have people telling me that they're into the podcast and, uh, yeah, have been supporting it. I appreciate that so, so much. So, uh, massive thank you to that guy. I completely forget his name, uh, but he was there in a Yellow Poison City Records shirt and, uh, his mate was a fan as well in a Heartaches shirt. As you know, uh, Ben David was the first ever guest on this podcast. So, uh, it, it kind of felt full circle in a way. So I was, uh, yeah, absolutely stoked to uh, to meet those guys. So, uh, shout out if uh, those two are listening, and thank you so, so much for the support. Before we get into this week's episode, as usual, support for All My Friends Are In Bar Bands comes from Spit The Dummy Records, uh, who are presenting the brand new EP from Suburban Haze. It's called It Will Never Happen, and they are launching it. Tonight at uh, Drone in Newcastle, formerly known as Hombre Records, and they're going to be joined by Dog Act, Introvert, Jacob, and Altai. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, but that kicks off tonight at 7 o'clock in mighty, mighty Newcastle. So shout out to that whole crew. Support also comes from Sad Girls Club, the Sydney non-male collective, helping to get non-male voices heard, presenting the tour for Lionizer, the WA uh, kind of alt-rock melodic punk band, who are just about to put out their second EP called Be Alone, and they're going to be launching it uh, with some shows next week. Uh, so the Friday show at Dura Books featuring myself and Rachel Maria Cox. Uh, we've just added Snape to that bill, which is uh, going to be really, really awesome. That's the new project uh, from Camillo Zanoni, uh, who you may know from uh, his time in Yo, Put That Bag Back 
on. They'll also be playing at the Queer and Now Festival at Jane's in Wollongong on Saturday the 16th, uh, which is Record Store Day, so if you're in the area, please show them some love. And get into Music Farmers earlier that day as well. One of the best record stores in the country, in my humble opinion. And they'll be wrapping up their East Coast visit with a show at Drone in Newcastle next Sunday the 17th. You know what to do, head over to sadgirlsclub.com for more information on all of that. Support also comes from you guys, you know who you are, thank you so so much for supporting the podcast, if you're like my uh, tall handsome friend from Canberra, or if you're like any uh, person who listens to this podcast, and you think, well I really dig it, and I want to help it keep going online, I want to help out in some way, shape or form, you can, for as little as one dollar a month, that is right people, one dollar a month, you can help this ship stay afloat, so head over to patreon.com slash barbands, that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot c-o-m slash b-a-r-b-a-n-d-s. Today's guest is the absolutely delightful and the really, really charming Mr. Chris Farron. Uh, You might know Chris from his time in the band Fake Problems. Uh, You might also know him as a solo artist. Uh, But in this context, he was in Australia touring around with his good friend Jeff Rosenstock and performing under the name Antarctico Vespucci. Uh, I have bought, I've butchered that name many, many times. I'm pretty sure I butcher it in this actual interview to the guy's face. Uh, but regardless, he was an absolute delight to chat to. A very, very charming, very, very warm uh, person. Let's out a lot of good vibes. So it was an absolute joy to chat to him. We recorded this at the Factory Theatre while Jeff Rosenstock was in the country on his last minute world tour real quick. Uh, which also brought out some good friends at the show, Camp Cope, and as I mentioned, Antarctica Vespucci. A really, really fun run of shows. Uh, If you were there, you will uh, be able to uh, uh, attest to that. So, uh, yeah, lots and lots of love to that whole crew, and uh, maybe you'll be hearing from another person that was on that tour very soon. You never know. Uh, But for now... Uh, we are going to have a chat with Chris Farron. Next week on the podcast, we have Kobe Geddes, uh, who is the lead singer and guitarist of the band Dividers. Uh, he's also spent time in the band Bagster. You've probably seen him around in some way, shape or form if you are part of the Sydney punk scene. And why wouldn't you be? Let's be honest. Uh, so we'll be chatting with him next week. But for now, it's time to get on to our guy, the legendary, double verified, king of Twitter, the Yas Queen himself. It's Chris Farron. Mwah! It was made for you and I, but you took it when you split. Now all the drinks and memories are shelved and worthless. I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I would like to introduce you to my friend, Chris Farron! Yay! 
You get a car, and you get a car. You're damn right you get a car. <laughs> How are you today, my friend? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for being had. Of course. <laughs> we are here uh, backstage at the factory floor, where Mr. Chris Farron is on tour with Mr. Jeffrey Rosenstock and the various Mrs. of Camp Cope. It's yep. uh, uh, which apparently you're now a member of. Oh yeah, of, of I'm Red an honorary <laughs> member. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, what are you What are you doing? Are you gonna playing tambourine or? No, I have no uh, no musical duties thus far. Oh really? So yeah. you're kind of a behind the scenes kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the fourth Beatle. Or the fifth. Uh, how many? Beatles the fifth. Oh, fittingly enough, the fifth Beatle, George Martin, who passed away today. R.I.P. Dead. No, <laughs> I mean R.I.P. <laughs> D.E.D. Dead. Oh, good lord! Yeah. Great timing. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, this is your second tour. Second of tour of Australia. Yeah. Uh, and first as Antarctica Vespucci. Yeah, and the first was as a solo artist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um. Yeah. What was that first tour like? That was opening for the Gaslight Anthem. Gaslight Anthem. It was awesome. It was such a great, crazy experience. Um. I had never been here, and I had kind of always dreamed of coming here yeah, right. and playing music, yeah. and uh, it kind of just came together really, really fast, and uh, and it was it was maybe like the second solo tour I'd ever done, too. Oh, really? And so I went from like playing these shows in like basements in small like art art places in uh, in America, right? And then just jump right into playing opening for Gaslight here, which yeah. they're pretty big here. And yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. played like. Uh, upstairs, upstairs at this place, the factory upstairs, as I yep. guess it's probably called, um, and just like big, big rooms every yeah. night. So it was kind of like a, a crash course in like being alone on stage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, actually, this is this is funny. Um, when you were announced for this tour, I was trying to remember where I'd heard your name before, and I realized it was related to Gaslight Anthem uh, via Twitter before I actually knew who you were as a musician, you had actually ruined one of their songs for me because you did a tweet about one of their songs. You changed the lyrics from I came to get hurt to I came to network and now I can't hear it any other way. <laughs> I would literally, for weeks, I thought it was the funniest fucking thing in the world. I would literally just walk around for weeks just going, I came to network. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, so you're the guy. Yeah. And it all came together in this beautiful way. Hell yeah. Wow, I forgot about that great tweet. Wow, I'm going to have to go back and, and reread that one. <laughs> it's part of a greatest hits compilation, I'm sure. That's, yeah, uh, I'll inevitable. do a coffee table book. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yeah with, some, with some nice little twit picks to go along with. Yeah, yeah. At Chris Farron for the for the latest uh, updates. Yeah, verified, baby. I'm working <laughs> on getting double verified. It's never been done. Ooh. We'll see. How how would you get double verified? Here's my plan. Okay. I go to Twitter HQ in San Francisco, probably, wherever. Right, sure. Silicon I Valley. play a beautiful acoustic set. I wow them all. Mm. And then I just say, hey, all I want is just another verified symbol next to my name. And they look you dead in the eye, mm-hmm. and they say, you got it. You got it. What else do you need? And I say, that's it, maybe a bottle of water. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> and then I leave. <laughs> <laughs> Man, your plans of world domination are a beautiful, beautiful thing, my friend. Oh, I, thank uh, you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell All I want is everything <laughs> and a bottle of water. <laughs> the Chris Farron story. <laughs> you wrote a biography thing. Yeah. You just there, just holding holding uh, two blue ticks in your hand and just looking quizzically out the window. It's yeah. just like, 
hmm, yeah. I wonder what life could be like beyond two blue ticks. <laughs> <laughs> the double verified Chris Farrow. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Okay, tell us a little bit about uh, your growing up and uh, how it kind, how music kind of factored into it, you know, from the initial interest and, and going from that into wanting to play music. Tell us a little bit about how, yeah, like what kind of stuff got you kind of beyond that point of being like, oh, this is cool, to being like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I remember when I was really, oh, probably like um, middle school, but you guys don't have middle school here. What I, it was like seventh grade, right? So that's the start of high, high okay, school. Oh, okay, yeah. So seventh, eighth grade is when I, or maybe like no younger than that, like fifth, sixth grade. I got really into like acting and theater. Ah, and I just really start like took to that, and I, it was something I I was pursuing pretty like seriously on a local level like I would be in plays all the time yeah sure and uh just as I grew older maybe like some my friends started to shift focus and stuff and and kind of somehow I kind of started to phase from theater just into strictly music and I started to Mm. like learn how to write songs and stuff and then started being in like you know high school bands and just uh, playing locally a lot. Yeah, and I had a friend, my friend Derek, who played plays bass in the band Fake Problems. Right. Um, he had, like, a, a really good mind to just be like, we gotta start going on tour, like, as soon as possible. So we were, like, 16, 17 when we started going on, like, just little mini tours, like, every weekend. Yeah, like, wow. just, like, a couple hours out of, out of town. Did either of you know how to drive, or, like, did you... Barely. Just- yeah, I mean, we... It was, you, you he, just, like, got... You, yeah, it's different over there, isn't it? You've got to just literally just have a permit and you can drive. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so he he bought, like, some, like, utility van with no windows or anything in the back, and we just, like, piled stuff in and had a, a few other friends, uh, like, high school friends, uh, mm. play with us. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, we started touring pretty soon on, and then that that was a version of my first band, Fake Problems, um, but most of the people like it was high. It was a high school. It was like a young high school band. So mm. most of them quit, except for Derek and I. Most of them went away to to university. Sure. Yeah. And, and so we were just like, well, we kind of just want to keep doing this pretty bad. Mm. And uh, we found two other people who were kind of of the same mind. Yeah. And, right. And that's when we started. It became like a real band, and we started touring farther than just our state, and we started going, you know on like two week runs and uh yeah we just kept going and kept going with fake problems for a really long time until oh yeah 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 and it was it was great nice yeah who were you guys growing up like what kind of music were you like inspired by to to do this band to starting to make music it was definitely like the early 2000s like Saddle Creek stuff like Cursive and Rilo Kiley oh nice yeah guys that was kind of like when I was like because a lot of those early recordings had kind of this feeling like, oh, these some of these are kind of like, he just recorded these in his house and kind of things like that. Yeah, sure. And so so that really appealed to me. I was like, oh, I could do this, you know? Yeah, totally. Like, I, I, could, I could, you know, write songs not as good as this, but like this or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that that's really what, what started it for me. Um, and then I got into like bands like Against Me, and uh, yeah, and then we started touring. 
we, we, we toured like super DIY, like in like really crappy places for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. For like a year and a half, maybe. And then Against Me took us on tour. No shit. And then from that, we started getting on better tours and, and more people coming to our shows and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What era are we talking here? Like, Former Clarity? Uh, this Rose? was right... They took us on tour right before New Wave came out. So they had oh, already shit. recorded New Wave, um, and it was just about to come out. Wow. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They really, they really like took a chance on us and like we're like our our big brothers and sisters in a way you know yeah oh, 100% yeah those early days like you know playing as like a teenager like just in my experience you know playing when you're like 14 15 16 or whatever you know like you're at that point where you're so you know desperate to be you know taken seriously and have your work like validated just like this is everything to me you know this is everything in love and it's just like Whatever you know, it's, you're out past your bedtime or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah. like um, know. was it was it difficult when you were doing those super early tours to be like, well, we're this new young band and we want to do stuff. And it's just like, you really? It wasn't. It, it never occurred to me that it was like a crazy thing to be doing. Yeah, it's like, crazy. Now it does. Time, yeah. Like if, if I think about like doing the things we did when I was that age. Now mm, I'm just mm. like, wow. How did I have like the courage to do a lot of these things like it didn't even like occur to me like or I never got like bummed out early on about about things like that like that it was just like what am I doing this is crazy I'm just like begging people to pay attention to me basically yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. um which yeah I wish I still had uh some of that com- I mean I have I have an okay amount of confidence but nothing like I did when I was 19 20 but I think that's <laughs> everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know if it's confidence I don't know if that's the right word but yeah it's crazy because the way we got on the Against Me tours we just this is like this is like a, from a movie we went up to Laura uh, Jane Grace at an Against Me show and, yeah. and gave her our demo and she liked it and so we became friends and we booked a show for them in Naples and then from then they just took us on tour and it was crazy right. yeah. what about this Naples? Naples is like Okay, it's in Florida. Pretty much as as southwest as you can get until it curves into the Keys. Right. So is that where you kind of grew up? Yeah. yeah right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Did that kind of... was? And Laura Jane Grace is from Naples, too, so right, there's, that's right. a little bit of a yeah, connection Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. yeah. Then they all moved to St. Augustine, if I remember. Uh, Gainesville. Gainesville? They yeah, moved right. to Gainesville, and I think Laura lived in St. Augustine for a while. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. She's in Chicago now, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I believe so. But, like, um... Yeah, like, obviously, like, I'm coming to this, you know, with a fairly blank slate. Like, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what the Floridian music scene is like? You know, like, in, in Australia, you know, we only have the kind of exposure to that sort of stuff is, you know, I, I, I the Will Smith single from the late 90s. Right, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, um, for Fake Problems, the band I started with, um, it was... There was not really much going on when we were starting out trying to play shows. Like sure, when yeah. we were like decided like this is what we're gonna do. Mm, mm, so mm. any shows that were around, we pretty much booked ourselves and like, you know, if if we knew of a band that was coming through town, which which never happened. Bands didn't come through Naples because it's at mm. the bottom of Florida. Mm. There's no. It's not like it's out of the way in every way. How far are you from like a, a big city, so to speak? From a big city. 
from like uh, Tampa would be most of the time where, where bands like the farthest south they would go. Yeah, right. Um, and that was about three hours away. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, which when you're from Florida doesn't sound like that much because it takes eleven hours to get out of the state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so we would have to convince bands to come down and we play with other bands, but that's kind of what gave us the like impetus to start touring because we knew we wouldn't we weren't going to like catch on because of the local scene in yeah, people's Florida because sure, yeah, it just yeah. didn't exist right yeah so uh, where did the t- touring kind of take you like uh, do you remember the first time you got out you know you got out of Florida and like you know we're playing outside of there for the first time I don't remember a specific show or anything but I remember I mean it was probably nobody there but I was probably really excited anyway yeah. you know just to be somewhere else yeah so such a crazy experience yeah of course yeah. and and uh, at what point did you uh, venture out like away from the country like touring internationally um I think that must have been like 2008 2000 yeah 2008 was the first time maybe late 2007 early 2008 was the first time we went to like Europe yeah, and did like tours like that. Wow, and w- was that just on your own, or like what bands were you playing with? <sighs> it was mostly it was on our own, but we would play like with different bands in every city, kind of thing. Like we had there was a record label, or maybe still is a record label called Gunner Records out of Europe. Right. Yeah. And he put out our first record over in Europe, and was like, "Hey, come on over and let's let's do a tour thing." Wow. And, uh, yeah. How did you feel about that? Just being like, that's like the furthest I've ever been. It was awesome. Home, it was incredible. And, and those, and that's kind of when we started picking up a little bit of steam. So people started coming to the shows and know Like once people start coming to the shows and like knowing the words, it's crazy. But when, especially yeah. when you're in another country so far wow, away from yeah. home. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, how long is this band still going or is it kind of, Fake Problems is still a band. We just don't do much right now. I think we might pick up again at some point, but I've been really busy with my solo stuff and this band with Jeff. Yeah. And, and everybody else in the band has their own kind of things going on. Well, how did the how did the project with Jeff come about? Like, when did you guys meet for the first time? We met because Fake Problems went on tour with uh, Bomb the Music Industry. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. In, like, 2009, probably. Yeah. We just really got along well, but we didn't become like crazy great friends off the bat. But we always stayed in touch, and anytime we came through, Jeff would like just come on stage and play like some. He can play every instrument like yeah, like a professional. So <laughs> he would just come on stage and play something. So we always kept in touch, and we were pretty good friends. But there was kind of a, a, a turning point because Bomb the music industry broke up, yeah, and uh, my band Fake Problems. We we. We recorded a record and we were kind of not happy with it and it was kind of after a long time of being on tour for a really long time and one of our members quit so we were in a really weird place right yeah and that's kind of when things started to like slow down for fake problems and we were both like just in this weird place and i don't even remember how we started talking to each other about it but we were just like let's try to like make a record together sure and uh and i don't know like it's so crazy to think like about doing this now, even though this was only like two and a half years ago. Yeah. But I was just like, I'm just gonna book a flight to New York and I'll come up there for stay with you for a week, and uh, we'll make a record. 
Perfect. I was just like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> and I remember Jeff and I both have the same story when we were when I was when he he rang me in to his apartment like the buzzer. Yeah. And I was walking up the stairs, and he was waiting for me at the top of the stairs. And I was as I was walking up the stairs, I thought to myself, I don't, I don't even really know Jeff that well. And he <laughs> said he had the same exact thought. Like he was like, like. What do we do? Realize at that moment is like, what if we don't get along that well? Or like, Uh we haven't even, yeah. And then, but of course, it was very, very great. Yeah. And we've made many more records together and Uh we'll continue to. It's a beautiful friendship. Yeah. And it's brought you here all the way to Australia. Here we are, yeah. Here we are. It's amazing. Yeah. So, how long. how long has um, this project kind of been playing live? Was it originally just like a, just a thing that you guys were recording? Together? Yeah, yeah. We just kind of we we didn't even know if we were going to have real drums on it until Benny from Gaslight Anthem. Huh. He just asked. He like heard the songs and was like, "Hey, do you want real drums on these?" And we we're just like, "Sure." Yeah, totally. So that's kind of how he got involved. Um, but we never really. We didn't know. We just didn't know what we were doing. We were just, like, having fun and just wanted to do something creative that felt yeah. good. Um, and uh, and then we decided to do, like, a first show. Mm-hmm. And then we decided to play the fest, which turned into a tour. And then, uh, yeah, we just uh, have kind of kept doing shows when we both can, you know? Perfect. Jeff's got his solo thing, obviously. Yeah, and yeah, I've yeah. got my solo thing. So the, I think those are our priorities, but it's all, always awesome to yeah. make them work together. Sure. So where are you at with the, the solo stuff? Have you got a record in the works? Yeah, I, 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 I just finished a record, and um, I've just started like kind of working on the, the touches and the contracts and signing to a label. And that'll be all announced, hopefully, within a few months. Excellent. That's yeah. exciting. So, like, what is it about these songs where you knew you, you couldn't bring them to, to fake problems and, you know, like, it wasn't something that you were doing with Jeff? Like, what was it about these songs that made you think, like, this this has to just be a, a me thing, you know, like a Chris Farron thing? Well, I think the main thing is I just know I always want to make music. Yeah, sure. For the rest of my life. And... Uh, maybe even just more for like a self-preservation thing like I know I have to get started on only being able to rely on like myself just in case of anything you know (laughs) and I knew Fake Problems wouldn't be able to go on tour with the songs and I don't want to give a bunch of songs uh, to something that's not going to be able to effectively promote them you know what I mean right sure and then there was just kind of we, we Jeff and I just finished making an Artigo record and I knew he was going into making his record and I was like perfect this is a great time for me to make my record yeah and uh yeah that's pretty much where it came from yeah right yeah. I mean there is that that classic thing of you know the, the punk musicians just like well, I'm going on solo. I'm going to make a country record now. You yeah. Know, like, do that kind of play in your mind? It's just like I don't want to do that. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it definitely it still does. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to look like that. Um, <laughs> and I have a lot of friends who do that, and I think the ones who are good at it are very good at it. Yeah. Sure. And like the ones who are just doing it because everybody else is doing it are not very good at it you know who you are (laughs) but uh yeah i don't know i just i'm just trying to i i don't view it as a guy from a band going solo and i'm not i'm as slowly not slowly this 
solo tour I have coming up, I'm not going to play any like fake problem songs. Kinda oh, really? It's just all you? Yeah. Get rid of it. Play a little Antarctica songs because those are pretty recent. And sure. Like, I don't, but I don't want to be like nostalgia cash in guy. You know? Mm. I don't really. I I, I picture my solo career as more of just like a new start like it starts from scratch oh, like, yeah. and I don't mind you know being placed on a bill in that way you know yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. have like a sense of entitlement like oh I was in this big problems yeah, this yeah. band that you maybe probably haven't even really heard of <laughs> so, so you know I, I've, I'm pretty uh, we're big in Naples yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I have a, I have a pretty realistic uh, view of, of where I'm at and, I'm, and I just want to start to grow again sure sure yeah How's the response been to, you know, doing that and got, kind of branching out on there? And have you had, like, people that were fans of Antiago and, and fans of your fake problem stuff as well kind of supporting you and, you know, kind of encouraging you? It's been great, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been super awesome, yeah. The, the solo tour I did over the summer was just such a great experience. And I used to be so afraid of doing solo shows and just being alone on stage. Yeah, yeah. But just after doing it so much, I feel just as comfortable like that as I do with like a band yeah and do you f- do you think like um you know you mentioned getting super into acting and stuff like that and uh as I got to see in full force last night you were you definitely like to very much enhance the performance element of, of what yeah. you're doing when you're in the heat of the moment do you think that's that's still after all these years kind of impacted on how you perform and how you interact totally. with people yeah yeah definitely I love attention <laughs> I'm here for attention, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and you are getting it in space. <laughs> I wouldn't want it any other way. Yeah. All right. So uh, we usually wrap these up. Well, actually, not usually. We always do. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not about to break with the tradition of my own <laughs> podcast. I'm, I'm, I'm 40 something episodes in. I'm not. I'm not breaking it for you or anybody. No. I, I don't want you to. <laughs> good. 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 Um, so uh, the premise now is. I want you to tell me about your best and your worst gig experiences as a performer ever. Feel free to start on either or, so you can like end on a high note or end on a crushing low note, you know, comedy and tragedy, you know, yeah. like mixing together, etc. So uh, feel free to start on either or. God, it's so hard to, to figure out bad, bad shows are always, in my memory, there's, ne- there's never like shows I look back on and I'm like, Wow, that was that just sucked because like even like especially when you're with a band, sure the worst shows are always like kind of the best experience because it's so insane or ridiculous that it's just like there's just nobody here. Mm. Let's just play. Like I remember on tour with um, Fake Problems and we were also with this band, Look Mexico. Right. We played in like Salt Lake City. Wow, yeah, or something like that. One of those. Um, <laughs> Just nobody came to the show. Maybe, like, one person. So we just all got on stage and just played, just, like, traded back and forth with our songs and stuff. So that's kind of, like, the the worst and the best combined, because it was just, like, such a weird, shitty, but fun ex- experience, you oh, know? beautiful. <laughs> I mean, there are, there are, like, the shows that never even happened, because we thought they were going to be so shitty, like, roll up to a venue, and, like, nobody's there, doors are supposed to open... The, like some teenager walks up and is like, hey, uh, yeah, you guys can load in. And just like, okay, uh, we'll be right back and just leave. We've done that. You just seriously We've just bailed? left. Wow. Yeah. I would never do that now. But That's great, though. When I was I younger. That's called an Irish exit. Yeah. Yeah. 
just like, what's the point? Um, and then, like, as far as, like, crazy great shows, I mean, there's, like, crazy, like, experiences that I would, like, tell my mom and my mom's friends. Like, we played at Radio City Music Hall with Gaslight Anthem, wow. which is just insane. Yeah, totally. We played Reading and Leeds, mm, which mm. is just another, like, there's crazy big shows that, yeah, like, totally. are just, like... What? A, how did this even happen? You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think those are kind of kind of it. I remember one time I had a uh, like food poisoning, Ooh. and I had to play a show in Minneapolis. And there was it was a good show for us, but I was so sick I could barely move. And then I had, I just had like a trash can right off the side of the stage, so if I needed to, I could throw up in it. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, I was fine for the set. But like as soon as I got off stage, I was yeah, yeah, yikes, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's that's the 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 beauty and the tragedy kind of culminating into one. It's just like thank you, good night. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I've definitely played like a bunch of house shows that. Uh, I've gotten microphones knocked into my teeth, and I have like, oh, I have a little bit of a thing going on there, oh, yeah. a little chip. Yeah, oh, that would now explain the the windsock on your own microphone. Oh yeah, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, it's it's much nicer to bite into foam than it is into the. It the certainly steel of the is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Chris Farron, uh, before we get out of here, do you have anything that you would like to plug apart from your double verified Twitter account? We're working with at Chris Farron. <laughs> at Chris Farron on Instagram. Ooh. Chris Farron Facebook. Hey, email me, hchrisfarron at gmail.com. I don't care. Uh, I've got a Christmas album that is good for all the seasons. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I have a, a Christmas album. It's called Like a Gift from God or Whatever. You can, <laughs> You can get that on Bandcamp. That sounds fucking great. Yeah, it is pretty great. <laughs> um, and then I have an EP under my name. Uh, it's called Where You Are. And then, of course, all the Antarctica records are free on quote-unquote records.com. Leaving La Vida Loca, our full length. And then we have two EPs, I'm So Tethered and Soulmate Stuff. Perfect. Yeah. Chris Farron, thank you so, so much for your time. Thank you. Absolutely. I'm David James Jones, and all my friends are This has been a David James Young Writes production. For more information, visit davidjamesyoung.com.